0: Riding high on a four-game win streak, the Heat were brought down to earth versus the Bulls, missing three starters and looking lost for most of the game. Miami's offense fell apart in the second half, a classic third quarter, despite a good night from Bama to Bio. How did the Bulls take control? And can Miami find a way to bounce back and get over five hundred? We break it all down and answer your questions on tonight's Locked on Heat.
1: You are locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. All right, welcome to Locked On Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. However, you might be tuning in on YouTube, Odyssey, or your favorite podcast app. Thank you for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. I'm Wes Goldberg, here with David Ramil. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA. The Heat lose to the reeling Bulls, 113-103, to 103. a couple days after the Bulls gave up 150 points to the Timberwolves. Reports of locker room infighting. The Heat, of course, give the Bulls their get-right game. Worth noting, though, the Heat were without three starters. No Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, Caleb Martin, all out. But, David, we talked a lot about this team taking steps forward all season long only to take more steps the wrong direction. Are you concerned that coming off of this four-game win streak, that this represents a step back for the Heat?
0: I don't. uh, I'm not concerned, no. I think what we saw tonight was the result of missing those three key players, and I think it's more indicative of what we've been talking about in terms of what this team is all year. They're dependent on their stars to come up and have big nights. They were missing a star in Jimmy Butler. They were missing key role players in Caleb and Kyle Lowry. And without Tyler having the kind of incendiary shooting performance that we've seen of late, they just don't have enough offense. They're asking Victor Oladipo, who's still running into form. They're asking Duncan Robinson, who's just trying to find his role coming off the bench. Max Struz continues to struggle. They just don't have enough depth. They're getting too much production out of players that just don't have the kind of necessary levels of talent. And so when they're missing their top-tier talented players – they're going to look like they did tonight. I give credit to the Chicago Bulls. They did a really good job, particularly in the third quarter. But this was a loss to begin with. As soon as Miami stepped on the floor, there was just an incredible talent deficiency. And look, Tyler Hero spoke about it after the game. They didn't play with urgency. Chicago still wants to make the playoffs. They're still playing with at least enough urgency to make the Heat look like a mediocre team tonight. So I'm not concerned. I think uh, it's just a buildup of what we've seen all year long.
1: I think there's two things that play here. Number one, the Chicago Bulls, they had to win this game. I mean, the the other version of this, if the Bulls lose this game, this thing goes nuclear. It was already bad. I was there at the arena tonight, pregame for Billy Donovan's uh, uh, availability. First, yeah. Every single question was just, it, it was just like, how, does, how do you fix this? Is Zach Levine a problem? Is your locker room <laughs> in shambles? Like all this stuff. Had they lost this game against a Miami Heat team, down three starters. I I th- that's worse than losing to the Timberwolves, giving up 150 points to a Timberwolves team without Carl Anthony Townsend. Actually, maybe not worse, but it's as bad. And, and it's only it only, you know, compounding worseness for the Chicago Bulls. And this becomes even a bigger story than it already is. So they had to win this game. So that's definitely part of this. It's human nature. This is just what happens in the NBA. When you have to win, when you're backed into a corner, teams will. Play their best games that they've played in a long time we've seen the heat do it this year and several times um the other part of it is that the heat we're down three starters and without jimmy butler and without kyle lowry in particular uh jimmy butler obviously their best player out because of gastrointestinal issues because he apparently ate crickets in mexico not That's sure yes that cause and effect but what? prove that i'm wrong kind of feels like it might be the, r- the right reason i don't know um Their drive-and-kick game was almost non-existent offensively for a lot of the game. They finally figured out a couple of triggers that worked, mainly just having Tyler Hero and Bam Adebayo, your two best players available, just run pick-and-roll. And And they were able to shred Chicago's defense with that pick-and-roll. The initial action started working. Chicago didn't have an answer. Chicago found an answer to it. They started putting Alex Caruso on Tyler Hero more, fighting over those screens, kind of mucking things up. The heat adjusted. Then they started kicking out to shooters and widening Chicago's defense and making Chicago's defense make more and more decisions, which is what they struggle with. They got open looks out of it, David. They just didn't make any of them. They went uh, 15 of 34 from three-point range. Those numbers were much worse in the second half, and that second quarter is when they started making every shot and ended up taking the lead. That second half for the Heat was really, really bad. I actually liked the looks that they were getting. I liked the adjustments that they made throughout the game offensively, and the shots just did not go in. That's not the only reason that they lost this game. But overall, to answer my own question that I asked you, am I concerned that this is a step back for the Heat? No, I'm not, because ultimately, I thought offensively, they played a pretty good game defensively. We'll talk about some things that they should have cleaned up and some mm. things they screwed up. But I'm also not worried about the Heat so much defensively big picture. It was just a bad game for them tonight.
0: I mean, three of their top four defenders were out. Uh, that that's uh, going to put you in a problem situation right there. Like, I don't mean to go all John karate on our listeners, but that is the reality. They were going to be giving up a lot of points. They looked like they were struggling. A lot of Chicago's actions and set plays wouldn't have come to fruition as completely. Had there been a Caleb Barton to interfere with passers and lanes, Jimmy Butler to break up pick and roll type situations. The same thing that we saw from Caruso where he was hounding hero and limiting what Bam and Abayo could do as the offensive hub, that certainly would have been a factor when you have a floor general like Kyle Lowry out there, not to mention a quintessential superstar and Jimmy Butler. So, I, I, you know, it's it was just a tough game. Uh, it was winnable. Uh, had they figured things out a little bit differently, had maybe Max Struess had – no, and maybe had he snapped out of his slump, which continues to be a problem uh, and I think begs the question whether or not. And I'm sure we'll so get hold, to it at some hold, point. Hold
1: the Struess. Yeah, hold, hold it on Struess there. But it was winnable. It was winnable. The Heat were – this was, what, a 10-point game with about five minutes left to go, 10 or 12 points with five minutes left to go. And I tweeted it at the time. I was like, hey, come out, keep Vucevic off the glass, give DeRozan some right. problems, and then score some points. And this is a game, and the Heat did, did not do any of those things. And with about two minutes left, two and a half minutes left, it was done. Um, the yeah. To me, the key turning point was a five-minute stretch. It was like a minute and a half to go left in the third quarter – to about eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. And the Heat did not make a field goal in that entire five-minute stretch. And the, the And yeah. the Bulls' lead ballooned to 13 points, and then they scored right after Miami made a field goal, and it ended up being 15 points at that point. And that was the game. That was the game. The Heat just they cannot afford these dry spells. We've talked about it over and over again, and they continue to right. be a problem. Now, if Jimmy Butler is playing, and he's able to just, hey, let me go get a bucket. If Kyle right. Lowry's there to, to be the floor general and all those things, do they go five minutes? Maybe not, but we've seen this team go three, four minutes without a bucket. And and given how this game went, you know, that one dry spell, that was it uh, uh, for the Heat tonight. Quickly, your thoughts. Uh, let's do a 60 seconds on Victor Oladipo making his first start, his seventh game of the year, first start of the season. They asked him to drive and kick quite a bit. It was the most minutes he's played in a game
0: all season. What did you think from him? The shot looked okay, but not enough aggression there. I think he was doing a pretty bad job of attacking the rim, which is something that he had shown even in more limited spurts. Maybe it was because he realized that he was going to get more playing time and he was trying to save himself from injury. But I felt if he could have been attacking the rim, creating some pressure there, there weren't any points generated in the paint by anybody not named Bam and bio So if Victor had been able to at least drive and maybe get a foul, uh, perhaps even rebounding opportunity for Dwayne Dedman or Bam or somebody else maybe would have led to a little bit more fluid offense and said he wound up settling on uh, a little bit too often for either the jump shot or some kind of dribble handoff play and I don't think it worked tonight
1: yeah we asked him about it in the locker room after the game tonight and and, and Vic was pretty honest that this was very new for him he has not played this many minutes in a very long time he hasn't had mm. he, he wasn't asked to start in a very long time I, I asked Vic specifically, I'm like, you know, you were asked to be the, the drive and kick engine for this team for a lot of the games. Yeah, that was an adjustment. That was an adjustment for me. I asked him how his first step felt, how his burst felt, obviously coming off of uh, every the, the tendinosis and everything like that. Um, he, he carefully danced around answering that specific question. So maybe take <clears throat> whatever you will from that. But uh, look, it was I thought it was nice to actually see Oladipo. I'm going to go positive on this. Just take more on his plate and be willing and accepting of that role. Yeah. And and just, I don't think it was for a lack of trying tonight from Victor. Well, Hale. can we go back
0: to his dancing around the answer? What what does that exactly mean? Was he trying to not kind of emphasize the physical That's injury not, here? Not tell, me
1: that, not tell me that his burst isn't back yet, basically. But I don't think his burst is back yet. I don't need him to tell me that. Um, what his burst can be, what it is now. But I think it's starting to come along. Remember, this is only his seventh game back. Only a seventh game back. And, and to do this, I actually thought was pretty impressive. Um, All right. Blame pie is next. And David, I'm going to hand out blame to somebody who I am extremely <laughs> reluctant to blame in most circumstances. Not tonight. But
0: first, tell the listeners about BetterHelp. Well, today's show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Unfortunately, life doesn't come with a user manual. So when it's not working for you, it's normal to feel kind of, you know, terrible navigating any of life's challenges can make you feel unsure whether it's a career change a new relationship or becoming a parent believe me i can speak from experience on that note and look with the holidays it's tough for everybody therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills Which makes therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of the complex engine called you. BetterHelp has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists. It's convenient and accessible anywhere, 100% online. Go to the website, you'll find everything you need there. You can just browse, uh, enter your information, and you'll be connected with a therapist that can help you navigate the difficult challenges of life. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists, available 100% online, plus it's affordable. Just fill out the brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. If things are clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It couldn't be simpler. No commitment there. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. You can learn more and save 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOnNBA.
1: Thank you for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, big game recaps, the take of the day, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Well, David, that smelly smell you smell is the smelly smell of another smelly loss. It's time to hand out some blame pie. I'm going to get us started here. Hmm. I can't believe I'm about to do this, but I'm actually going to Blame Eric Spolstra, and this is not something that I do. You know me. Uh,
0: you blame a, him before. When you're when without, he's earned it. When he's earned it, he's, he, he, when he did earns the blame, he gets the blame. And tonight not, was that.
1: Even night. for me, I'm pretty reluctant to do it. On um, and tonight, look, he's got every excuse in the book. You're down three starters. You're down Jimmy Butler. You're down Kyle Lowry. You're down Caleb Martin, who's been super important to this team. And and down the stretch, he didn't really have many answers on the wing um, defensively. Every excuse in the book. You, What we mentioned before, the Heat got pretty good looks offensively. Didn't make them. You're down three starters. Chicago's backed into, into a corner. They have to win this game. And yet, I thought this game was winnable. And and I don't know if this is the reason that they lost, but I still found myself really disappointed in the way that Eric Spolster just seemed to not have an answer defensively. Especially for Nikola Vucevic. You look at Vucevic's line. 29 points, 12 rebounds. He was dominant early on, and when he was in the game, Miami, they they started the game switching everything defensively. The Bulls sniffed it out immediately. It was like within yep. the second possession. They're like, oh, you're going to switch everything? Great. And then they would post up Vooch over and over and over again, and he didn't have an answer for it. They ended up going into a zone coverage, Then they, which kind of worked, but yep. then they stayed in the zone weirdly. When, the, when, when Vooch would come out of the game, Andre Drummond didn't play until the second half. So the Bulls were playing really small with Derek Jones Jr. and Patrick Williams as their front court. And I'm like, okay, now here's your chance. Go back to switching everything. You're not worried about a size disadvantage there. And they would just stay in the zone for some reason, especially yeah. with those guys out there. You're not really worried about them making shots and, and busting the zone from the perimeter that way. So I thought that was a little weird. It just felt like Chicago's offense and the way that they were attacking Miami's defense. The Bulls were one step ahead the entire game, which I can't believe I'm saying this because the Heat are way better coached, bigger picture than the Chicago bulls are. And they're a way smarter team than the bulls are all these things. And yet it just felt like they, they were just there. They were plugging holes and other things were opening up. And, and it, I, I was really disappointed with how Miami reacted defensively.
0: I think a, a big part of that is Eric spolstra And look, I know he is uh he is want to deflect that kind of not criticism on himself. He's more than willing to accept it for himself. He just doesn't ever think it's something related to pure scheme, right? It's not about switching or going zone or not going into drop coverage, which is something they've done on occasion this season and should have done today against Nikola Vucevic. Like Vucevic is for all of his struggles and there have been many. He is a fantastic passer. He's a really solid shooter and he has enough low posts, accuracy where he can dominate a matchup against Tyler Hero, Max Struess, or anybody else six five and under. So that was the problem right there, is that constant switching defense. And I and shame on John Crotty in the broadcast. You didn't hear it because you were at the arena, but he pointed out how Vucevic was having this big night and how what a surprise it was that he was doing it over Bam Adebayo. I guarantee of those 29 points, maybe 25 of them were up against anybody but Bam Adebayo. Like, none of those. He was shooting from the perimeter. He had three of five shots from the three-point range. A lot of it was also, again, on the switch, getting mismatched against somebody that was much smaller and taking advantage of those mismatches. It had nothing to do with Bam DeBio and everything to do with that switch-heavy scheme. Spo should have recognized that it wasn't working. It was problematic. They were overhelping. Once they recognized what a threat – I mean, I think Vooch had their first eight points, if I'm not mistaken. Then they started to overhelp, and that allowed Zach Levine to go for nine straight points. He got it going early on and then eventually started hitting his shots late as well. That was the problem. It was yeah, just when
1: the heat when the heat went to zone, Levine was just like great, and and Miami's perimeter defenders weren't closing out on Levine, and he was just right. launching from deep. He ended up having nine points. Uh The same and Vucevic ended up having nine points. It was like they combined for like eighteen of Chicago's first twenty something. It was crazy. Yeah. And the other part of this too was I, he. You're right. Spo wasn't responding in time, and and it felt like he was playing. And look, I get it. When you're down three starters. You sort of play to your own personnel. You make decisions based on your own personnel. And and so when he was putting Bam out there or Devin out there or if it was a situation where where Duncan and Max were out there because they had to be, uh, then then he would just go zone regardless of who the Bulls personnel was on the court. I thought there were pockets in the game where he said, you know what, regardless of my personnel, I need to adjust to Chicago's personnel. It To me, look, I am not an NBA coach. I am not going to pretend to be smarter than Eric Spoelstra. But to me, the simplest version of the defensive strategy tonight would have been... When Vucevic is in the game, you either you you don't switch off of them. You either you either switch everything else and keep bam on Vucevic or or play your zone or whatever, play your drop, whatever it's gonna be. And then as soon as Vucevic leaves, then you can just go back to switching everything, man to man defense that way. And then um and that's not that's not what Spo did. So in terms of the amount of blame pie, I really don't have that much to give away just because. Just because, again, they're down three starters. I I don't feel like blaming a whole like you can't really blame Bam Adebayo. No, definitely that, not. I don't know that you can blame Oladipo considering all the things that he's been dealing with and and kind of being thrust into the, the starting lineup last minute there because Jimmy Butler was a a pretty late scratch. I'm not blaming this? Jamal Kane for not being anything off the bench. He's Jamal let's Kane. Give,
0: let's give out a total of five slices.
1: That's what I was thinking. Five,
0: right? One for Spo, one for Depot, because oh. he did struggle from oh, the I was field. thinking about giving five to Spo. No, no, I, I think a couple, I think I think I mean again, I, I think he, he was a little stuck in his ways when you when you were missing three starters and I guess that kind of had him at a disadvantage. If but you feel like giving him two that's fine. I feel like Depot gets one, more. I can't believe we're doing this. We're, we're, we've we completely it's okay. reversed. Think, no, I just it's okay. Again, it's 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 you know you can You know who I'll blame? I'll blame Montezuma, the uh, the 16th century Aztec king who who polluted the water so completely that gave Jimmy whatever gastrointestinal issues he had. Not crickets. I blame crickets. I blame crickets. And it's not crickets. Crickets are look. If you're gonna go for a, an animal based protein. Crickets are just as safe as anything else that you're eating here in this country. It has nothing to do with crickets. Crickets are a delicacy in Mexico, parts of Mexico City in particular. Bad crickets. You could get bad crickets. I I don't think Jimmy got bad crickets. I think he drank water or drank something with Uh, ice cubes in it. And I think that's what gave him. So we're going to blame water. We're going to blame water. We're blaming water, Montezuma's revenge. So we'll blame Montezuma. He gets five pieces of blame pie in my book. Uh, Jimmy gonna give two to montezuma i yeah. i we're gonna have to
1: give more i think we gotta give four max
0: gets a couple max gets a couple. Mac,
1: okay so we've got six we've got four to Spo, two to montezuma max gets the rest max gets four max wow. has been really really bad he deserves this he missed it is, so it is many bad. open wide shots open looks, yeah. wide open looks now does he if he makes three he goes one of seven from three point range if he goes four of seven to the heat win this game yeah probably not but i it, think so yeah actually they probably did. That would have. That right would end. have.
0: I mean, that would have changed the way that Chicago uh-huh. plays their defense. It would
1: have. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Uh, Max Trus entered tonight shooting less than twenty five percent in his last. What was it? Nine games. Yeah. He goes one of seven for tonight. I'm no mathematician. It's been well established here. I'm going to go on a limb and say his percentage is going to get worse after tonight. Uh, this is becoming a very big issue now. It's not as much of a media narrative right now. Max isn't being asked about it as much the way that Duncan was last year, in part because he didn't sign the huge contract extension the way that Duncan Robinson did. That oh, really? said, he does, does it doesn't need to necessarily be as big of a narrative or a story, but he deserves just as much blame as Duncan got last year for his shooting struggles this year. The Heat were relying on Max Struess at the beginning of this year as much as they were relying on Duncan Robinson the beginning of last year. Doesn't mean that not, just because they didn't have as much financially invested doesn't mean is they didn't have as much invested in right, what right. they can do on the floor. They need Max Drews to be bigger, bigger credit to Duncan Robinson. He went four of 12 for night. That's awesome compared to the rest of the team. That's, yeah, uh, Great. And
0: so much better. Uh, He played more minutes. I didn't realize he played more minutes than Max did. Max was, despite the starting nod, he only played 29 minutes to 36 for Duncan. So I think, at least in terms of those in-game changes, uh, Spo did realize, you know what, Max doesn't have it. Duncan at least has something Is more of a legitimate threat. Like their best period in the second quarter, he had 11 points. He was just so much more effective. Like the threat of Duncan is so great that it changes the way that defenses respond. He's still the better three-point shooter, whatever the percentages might show in terms of how you play. Like if, if he has the ball in his hands, you know what he's going to do. Yeah, he's got the floater. He's mixed it into his offensive repertoire more frequently, but you're scared of him launching and looking comfortable doing so, which is what he did in the second quarter. Again, give credit to the Bulls in the third period. They did a great job of challenging, though. Caruso, uh, Cody White, everybody just really did a good job, even DeRozan to some extent there. So, I mean, they did a much better job of pressuring him when he had the ball in his hands from the three point line, so his his wide open looks got a lot more less wide open as the game progressed. But Max, they were trying to get him going early on too. Like I saw Tyler in the first uh, first quarter, him and Victor Oladipo both as the you know I guess ostensible point guards on the team were trying to get Max going. They were trying to get Haywood Highsmith going to no avail. So that was the problem.
1: Miami, fifteen of forty four from three point range, thirty four percent shooting. I, in, in my preview with Big Dave uh, from uh, CHGO Sports, I mentioned like the Heat are going to get up threes. They got up 44. The Bulls don't get up threes. They only took 31 tonight. But the Bulls make threes at a higher rate than the Heat do. The Bulls made 42% of theirs. The Heat made 34% of theirs. I said that it was going to be one of the key battlegrounds. It turned out to be true. Um, did Eric Spolstra... Keep a certain fan favorite player on the bench for too long. We're going to talk about that next. But first, David, tell the listeners
0: about Bet Online. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online, BetOnline.net. Still your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season to basketball. Uh, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at Bet Online as well are always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today, or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts.
1: Reach us, Locked On Heat. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. You can email us, at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter. Ask us questions using the hashtag #AskLOHeat for our post games. These questions come from our listeners. This one from Steve. It's hard to bark on the performance. No Jimmy. No Kyle. No Caleb. No Gabe. My question isn't, uh, this is weirdly worded. My question is, why isn't Jovic getting minutes in a game with and with those many players missing? David, why wasn't Nikola Jovic in the game
0: until garbage time? Mm, that's uh, Steve Kolakidis, our big fan from Australia, always offering some fantastic uh, cookie suggestions from down under. Uh, as far as the Jovic minutes are concerned, I think if you're going to look at Miami's problems being defensive and the fact that Jovic, not much of a scorer at this point in his career, still not comfortable as a legitimate three-point shot, I think that's why he's not getting any playing time. Look, I I know he has limitations in his game. He's been sent down to Sioux Falls. He's struggling in Sioux Falls, even as a scorer. So he's not able to dominate. I think he's just still too young, too undeveloped, uh, still a little too uncomfortable with the speed of the game and how he changes his – priorities in the NBA in Europe. The way the game is played is very different. Somehow talent usually winds up trumping everything else, but Jovich, as talented as he is, is still trying to find his footing at the NBA level without the kind of speed, athleticism, and defensive chops to make him a factor on a consistent basis. So I think that's still a very much a work in progress. And Spo, you know, Spo is Spo. He's just a little too set in his way sometimes. He's not going to play the rookie all that do you, often. Do you think he should have
1: played Yovich tonight? No,
0: no, I don't think I, that would have been the difference. I, maybe, maybe in terms of like giving Vooch uh, a different look out there, matching passer for passer on offense. <laughs> yeah. I maybe mean, could did, have been yeah, maybe, I guess. Uh, oh, you mean like defensively giving yeah.
1: like giving Vooch a different look defensively? Because Vooch yeah. offensively would have eaten Yovich alive tonight. So, yeah, no, he would have low uh, posted him to, him to mean, I, just I think, like anybody else. Look. I, Every time the Heat lose and Jovic doesn't play a whole bunch, we get a question about why didn't Jovic play, okay? Yeah, so that much has been established. Th- this other, The other thing that's been established in terms of Nikola Jovic this season is that Eric Spolster is not going to play him against more experienced teams. Even if that team is reeling in the way that the Chicago Bulls are, the Bulls are a very experienced team that knows how to pick on rookies like Nikola Jovic or any other rookie. And so Spoh's just not going to play Jovic in those matchups. He hasn't all year unless he's absolutely had to. I know that Jovic got the start against San Antonio, but San Antonio is a young rebuilding team. He's not worried about that matchup the way that he would be worried against a matchup like this one against Chicago tonight. So whatever what's, you what's, think about whether or not Jovic should be playing or not, it, he's just not going to – I suppose not going to play him in these games. And you know what? I think it's the right decision. If Jovic were lighting up the G League scoring 30 points right. a game or something, maybe it's player, a right. conversation. But he's had a hard time making shots – and and I don't really know that he knows what his sweet spot in the NBA is gonna be yet. And it just takes time. He needs reps, it's fine. I love Jovic's long-term upside. I love him as a potential front court partner with Bam at bio in the yeah. long term. But right now he's not helping winning. And by the way, most rookies don't. Ryan right right.
0: his contract like
1: expiring at $22 million. Where? Maybe Ryan, we, we already right. covered we covered we covered this with Big Dave. We tried to figure out a trade to get booch to miami uh third segment in that uh went up tuesday afternoon if you're a listener who has not checked that out uh big dave and i had a full-on trade negotiation it was pretty fun was the final consensus what the
0: oh i guess i don't want to spoil it go back and listen to the episode right right. around the minute mark if you want to skip ahead
1: ryan writes in why are the heat always so bad in the third quarter here's a stat for you the heat are getting outscored by (laughs) 8.6 Points per one hundred possessions in third quarters. That's twenty eighth in the NBA. Uh, in other words, not great. Uh, David, the third quarter, the third quarter after a one year hiatus is back. What do you think?
0: Well, I think you know, last year again, it was the the fact that Miami's ever changing roster was catching a lot of NBA teams off guard. I think for uh, you know, it all it all comes down basically to who you really are at the NBA level. Like you, your talent winds up. Just showing itself, and I think Miami, regardless of whatever roster they've assembled over the years, the one mainstay of this team has always been that they go beyond what their talent levels have outside of the big three, right? From the big three era on, they've exceeded whatever talent level they have on their roster. They try their hardest in the first half. Well, eventually, being somewhat under-talented as this particular group is, especially without Jimmy, Kyle, and Caleb, you're going to get exposed. You're going to allow Chicago to make what adjustments they did. And eventually you get tired. Like you just cannot maintain that same level of aggression, uh, that same kind of attack mentality that you have in the first half. It's harder to maintain over 48 minutes. And eventually their lack of talent winds up becoming somewhat problematic in the third quarter, giving the opposing team an opportunity to you know pick apart their weaknesses, make the necessary adjustments and wind up capitalizing on those. That's exactly how it played out tonight. The Heat were outscored 36-20
1: to 20 in tonight's third quarter. That was the game right there for you. Um, Look, I'm going to simplify it. I agree with everything you said, and you're right. Good shooting teams, if you just look at teams that succeed in the third quarter, it's good shooting teams. They're able to just come out, third quarter, throw the haymaker, boom. That's what they do. Easier shots, right? Easier shots. You come out. You make adjustments to get those open looks. And then you make those open looks. And then that just basically feeds your entire offense. You start making open looks. The floor gets spaced. You're able to get to the basket. And you're able to steamroll from there. The Heat are not making shots. Last That's year, they were a good third-quarter team because they were making shots. If you're not making those looks, then you kind of have to rev up your offense. you got to start figuring things out, finding solutions. And the, the same went tonight. Like The Heat got out to a, a bad first quarter, their best quarter was in the second quarter, they outscored the Bulls 36-21. to This is a team, even without Jimmy and Kyle Lowry, that could figure things out to a certain degree, right? It might not win games, but they could start to find solutions as the game goes on. But as the game goes on, that's key. That's not the first quarter. That's not the third quarter. That's the second quarter. That's the fourth quarter after both teams make adjustments. So that's really what it is. If the Heat start making making shots when they're getting those open looks, that's going to have a snowball effect on the rest of the offense, and, and that's it. So... As it so often does with this Heat team, they really, really struggle when they don't make shots. And for the most part this season, they have not made shots. A couple of quick uh, stats before we head out: the Heat fall to five and seven in games without Jimmy Butler tonight, and they are now six and five against sub five hundred teams at home. <laughs> Credit to Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald for that. At wow, home, at home, six, six and five, five against sub five hundred teams at home. That's not good. Think about this one you think about the detroit loss, the spurs loss, i mean it is. uh th- these are those are five games that they wish that they would have had back, right? and the heat now fall to 16 and 16, back to 500 baby. So there it is. Thanks again for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked On Heat on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Ring the bell to get notified as soon As new episodes go up, for your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, The Biggest Stories of the Day, Instant Reactions, Big Game Recaps, and The Take of the Day, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. David, thanks for
0: joining me. I blame crickets.